Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge. I'm your host, Alex Burkett. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you follow and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to get notified for every new episode that we post. This week, we have James Caldwell on the show, and he's the Assistant General Manager of the Gateway Grizzlies. He talks about his journey and the passion he got from playing baseball at a young age to where he got in his career from all the challenges he's taken. He also talks about what he's learned and what he enjoys about being part of the Gateway Grizzlies. Each week, we have a quick fire challenge. This quick fire challenge is a quote that we like to give to the listeners to think about in their life on how they can utilize it to further themselves and grow as a person. This week's quote is never let yourself get too comfortable, seek challenges, push yourself, and ignore what others think. When you're listening to this interview with James, think about the challenges he took to get to where he is today. How did he push himself to grow new skills? Also, in your life, are you trying to get to any challenges and conquer them? Are you pushing yourself to try something new? So sit back and relax and enjoy the rise to the challenge of James Caldwell. Please welcome my guest at this time, James Caldwell. How are you doing today, James? I'm pretty good, under the circumstances. On this journey for the Rise to the Challenge, we go through each stage of someone's life and how it has helped them to get to where they are today. So let's start out with, what were you involved with when you were younger that made a big impact in your life? Um, you know, I was a baseball player. That's what I was. I didn't really do much else. I mean, I was a decent student, um, but all I did every summer since I was like in fourth grade, I'd play a hundred games in a summer and that's all I wanted to do. It's all I ever thought I'd do. So it was very impactful for me just because I got so set in that mode of playing baseball and doing this and having a regiment, things like that, being a good athlete, learning. I learned a lot from the game to where I, you know, took that when I, as soon as I could, when I was like 12 years old, I started umpiring. And I just kept doing that. I kept staying involved in the game. And it was a great focus for me away from other things at home that were kind of struggling and things like that. Baseball was always my outlet. Baseball was always a place I could go. And it was everything. It was my world. So growing up, it was just I knew that one way or another I wanted to be involved in baseball or sports. So just playing baseball was a huge motiv- you know, motivation for a childhood and what I did. Did you have any inspirations or were you motivated by someone during the time you were playing baseball? Uh, it was always my dad. My inspiration growing up was always my dad. Um, I never saw him much, except for when I had baseball games. He was always working. He was a hard worker. We grew up in Ferguson, Florida, Missouri. Uh, we're not very, you know, well-to-do. We had three brothers. I had two brothers. We would share one room. But every day, my dad, I would come home. He would, he'd be gone before I even went to school. You know, the sun wasn't up yet. And he'd come back when the sun went back down. The only time, like I said, I could see him was when I had baseball games on the weekends. And he busted his butt working long hours. Never, you know, he didn't have a college education. But over time, he was able to raise, you know, work hard. He was a maintenance supervisor. I mean, lifting fridges, cleaning toilets, doing whatever he had to do. He saved up all his money. 
took me fr- took my family from Ferguson, Florida, moved us over to West County, Missouri. Had this huge house, three bedroom. Paid, you know, helped me get in, helped me pay for college, did all this stuff. I mean, there couldn't be. It's a simple story, but it was still very motivational, inspirational because I lived to be that way. I lived to try and make him proud because of all the work he had done. So when you saw him at the games, it kind of was like a great feeling because you saw the support that he was giving you, plus all the support that he's giving your family working hard all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's the point. Like, he would work so much when I did get to see him. This was a great – I was so excited to see him, so I really wanted to do well. And most of the time I was able to do well. I was a pretty good player when I was a kid. And it was very – it was an inspiration that didn't, you know, didn't scare me. I, I kind of got excited to do well for him. What positions did you play, and how did that help you with learning skills? Um, I was one of those kids who would do anything. I played a lot of second base when I transitioned in first base when I got older. I was a big kid. I, I had a lot of power, and I had good hands. I wasn't as quickest, so it wasn't the best for me. But uh, first base and second I, – I, what I liked about first base was you're almost – despite being not being the best athlete, you're the leader of the infield. Mm-hmm. And most people don't understand that. When you're younger, you are the leader of the game. You, know, you help position. You know, you help, you know, you save throws. Like, they can't make the out without you. And that's kind of, I always took it as a leadership role being at first base, while the other positions were more skilled positions. And I always felt like first base was, you needed to be a smart guy to play first base because there's so many different angles that you have to be right with. And it can, and you can dictate how the game goes. And people don't see that a lot. But on the infield, he really is the cornerstone of the infield. And I always thought that was, I always took a lot of pride in that. And that's a great point that you mentioned that the first baseman is kind of the leader because we can see that in major leagues baseball, how first basemen are usually that leaders. Um, form, former Cardinals player Albert Pujols was a leader in the locker room and he was playing first base. And then you see people stepping up when he left. And that's a great point that yeah. you mentioned about being a leader. And it helps you over time in other roles that you take or take on yeah. being a leader. Yeah, I agree. So based on your experience playing baseball, how did you keep yourself focused when it came to game times to train for it? Um, how did that go about? You know, keeping focus and like you kind of brought that question up to me when you sent me kind of like a little tutorial thing. And really I looked at focused and Staying focused in baseball is one thing. Working out, you know, it's regimen, you have coaches. But I think that taught me focus for my future. And the focus that I have now is being successful and supporting my family. I just got married. Congratulations. I just bought a house. And my focus from the baseball field, I've transitioned into the workforce. I want to be a leader everywhere I go because if you lead, people follow and people and you get support and you're able to grow in organizations. I went from an intern to a full-time staff member in under two weeks with the Gateway Grizzlies because they saw that I was able to lead and I was able to, I would get out in front of things. And it keeps my focus to understand that I want to build that future that my father did for me. You know, I want to build that future for my wife. I want to have kids and I want to be someone that they get excited when he comes to the baseball games. But I want to give them more time if I can. Luckily, my dad put me in a place where I'll be able to do that. But my focus is family. My focus is success and family and basically being a good mentor for people around me. And each day you can use that focus to help motivate yourself to get to your next goal or find that next passion and even be there Mm -hmm. for your family. Exactly. 
So we all have talked about when we were younger, what is our dream job? What was your dream job growing up before college? So obviously when I was a kid, I wanted to be a baseball player, but that developed over time as I got into high school, my skills weren't as good as, and I kind of realized I'm a good player. I'm not a great player. I'm not going to probably play professional baseball. I realized that in high school, very easy. I didn't try and chase a ridiculous dream. But what I did know is that I wanted to be in sports. So my dream job at the time was to be a broadcaster, be involved in media relations, things like that, with a sports team. I got did that for a little bit, worked with one-on-one ESPN when they first came out here, worked in the Cardinals, you know, the St. Louis All-Star game. I've worked for the Blues. I've done a lot of different things. I've realized that while I love sports, I think I love my city and working with the city and kind of commingling with sports. So right now, if I were to say a dream job, I would say I'd love to work for the St. Louis Sports Commission mm-hmm. and help provide great events for the community. You know, this city's shown that they love and support their sports teams, and I love that, and I love to be a part of that. I'm on a part of, I'm a part of that now in a small way, but I feel like if I was part of the St. Louis Sports Commission, I could really help broaden our horizons even more and help the city of St. Louis be recognized as I think it is one of the greatest sports cities in the world, and I think it is not appreciated in that way. And I'd love to be a part of letting the United States and the world see what, what a great sports city this is, and being a part of the Sports Commission would allow me to do that. I had had experience working, doing, uh, helping out with the uh, the Stan Musial Awards. Um, when the Sports Commission put that together, I was helping with running that event and all that. And you mentioned the Sports Commission being a huge part of St. Louis sports. And they do a great job when it comes to like Olympic trials that come in. And all those different, the all-star game and all those different types of things to make sure that it goes smoothly and people can learn a lot from them and that's definitely a part of the city and something that a lot of people in the city don't understand what that is too when i first started in with working in sports in the san Jose area i didn't know exactly what it was but they have such a big you know they're they're a huge part of everything they we do as an athletic organization in the city and it'd be awesome because i I'm very much an ADD, i got, got to be doing something all the time thing. And the thing is, they're not focused on one thing. They're focused on so many different things. And their events are so great. And I just, being a part of that would be so cool. And something that I'm going to strive for. And you know, I'm young enough now that I still think I have a chance to do that. Definitely. You just have to keep your mind on that end go- or that goal you want. And mm-hmm. they're kind of that hidden gem in St. Louis that no one knows about, like you said. <laughs> Talk about the transition into college. Did you keep going for broadcasting when you were in college, or did you find other areas that you were passionate about? Yeah, so I went into bro- I went to broadcasting school here in St. Louis. Uh, started working for 101. Um, was like 19 at the time. Realized that I liked what I was doing, but you know, people that were getting with you know full four year degrees were getting jobs over me. Like it was just happening. So I decided to go to Missouri State University. Um, continued at first being broadcast, and then I got in, but I talked to um, one of the instructors up there, and they said I should look into public relations. I'm a talker, um, I'm a good writer, things like that, and they were like, you, if you like doing these things, you should look into that. So I got into PR, got an internship with the Springfield Cardinals, got to work under a guy named Andrew Beerbaum, like I always forget to mess up his name. Uh, he was their broadcaster, media relations guy there, and he just opened my eyes up to so many different facets of baseball that a lot of people don't see behind the scenes. Simple stuff is just marking pitches, stuff like that. 
but I loved it. Marking pitches, writing articles. These guys are writing articles in the middle of calling a game. I mean, it's some of the craziest stuff you've ever seen. They're doing like three or four different things at once. And I'm like, this is exciting. It's intense. You got to be on everything you're doing. And I knew I wanted to be a part of that. And I also loved the promotions and marketing side of it. So I just knew there was so many facets of the game beyond just the broadcasting, beyond just playing, that you can be a part of the game. And you may not get the recognition that, you know, the stars in the field or the, the guy in front of the camera get, but it's very fulfilling. I mean, you just feel great. When you're doing great ratings or you have a great crowd and you know that you had something to do with that, it's really awesome. And I found myself just wanting to be a part of that in any way I could, and that's what led me to where I am right now. When you were doing your internship with the card or the Springfield Cardinals, were yeah. you noticing how each department worked together? Like you said, they all work behind the scenes, so they might not get the credit, but how cohesive they were to bring a good result to the game. Well, the funny part is, is like as much as they do work together during game days, I'm going to be honest with you, it's about as cutthroat an, or, or an industry as you're going to get. Everybody wants to go to that next level. And not that they're going to bash someone else, but they're going to try their best to work just as hard as you, if not harder. So there's so much competition Yet, when it's all of a sudden games or events happen, it's like all that competition and the cutthroat attitude, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And you're all focused on one particular event, one particular thing that you're doing. It's really quite amazing. I mean, literally a person that I hated, you know, a week ago, we had a big disagreement, whether, whatever the reason was. When the game starts, we're best friends, we're working our butts off to make sure that this is a great experience for fans and customers and things like that. So it's a, it's a really interesting dynamic that happens behind the scenes in sports, especially with especially with interns who are trying to get jobs or trying to get something else to put on their resume and trying to go forward. As much as you'd like to think that everybody's you know hunky dory and happy, you know it's 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 a business at the end of the day. You're trying to get you're trying to advance. You're trying to get noticed. And I always found that like a very interesting thing that again nobody really sees behind the scenes of like a baseball game. For someone who's in the sports industry right now, going through people that are the cutthroat part of the industry how do you turn that negative into a positive to keep yourself moving forward what the thing about that is cutthroat may have been a harsh word but the idea is there's competition and when you get competition it's going to breed not only are you going to see the best people rise to the top and you're going to know everything you're going to see the best effort from everyone around you Mm -hmm. i challenge my interns every year i usually have one that's specifically minor i'll deal with about three or four different sales interns and things like that. I challenge each one of them to be better than the other one. I really do because I want to see the best and I want to see them compete and I want to see them work with each other to be better at the same time because I tell them, if you all hit this goal, then I'm going to reward you. I'm going to buy you lunch. I'm going to do everything I can as a person to do with an intern. But if individually, I want to make sure individually these people know that, hey, I'm noticing you. You know, Maybe I'll take them aside or do something like that. I take that competitive fire and I try and get them to unleash it onto their job. Mm-hmm. I want them to be the best they can be. And if it means there's going to be competition, there's going to be some harsh words. That's just how it is. That's the business. That's sales. You know, that's sales. That's marketing. You want to be better than everybody else, but there's ways of doing it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I take that fire, I take that competition, and I make them put it into their job. And you definitely want to see their determination to exactly. reaching those goals because – 
their future um, with like a recommendation as being an interns on the line and if they're not doing their work it can affect their end results and where they go after that internship yeah. is over with yeah. uh, hopefully none of them listen to this but let's, I'll be honest with you as long as they give me the effort I don't care if they succeed or not I want to see the effort mm-hmm. sometimes you're going to fall on your butt it's just how this that's how business is in general if I see the effort they're going to get a recommendation from me if I see them out there busting their butt trying to sell like a certain uh, game and it doesn't happen, as long as I've seen that effort, I really don't care how it turns out because at the end of the day, it's a group atmosphere. If one fails, we all fail. Mm-hmm. But I love seeing the effort. So after college, where was your next step in your career? Where did you start at? Um, was this leading after the internships were over with for yourself? Well, I spent about four months working at the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, uh, doing some stuff there, some simple PR work and uh, helping them run events, doing some desk work, simple stuff like that. Really cool experience, met a lot of people. Um, but then um, I wanted to move back to St. Louis. I was living in Springfield, Missouri. Wanted to go back to St. Louis. Another internship opened up, a marketing internship with the Grizzlies. I'm like, well, this will at least get me back to St. Louis. I uh, met with these guys about three or four different times, really had a good connection with the two people I interviewed with. Um, they brought me in as their lead marketing intern. My job was to update social media. My job was to do some graphic stuff, you know, things I had done in the past but wasn't great at. Uh, after about two weeks there, because one of your jobs in independent baseball is you do everything. You know, I would answer phones, go call phoneless, cold call people, things like that. After about two weeks, I had sold, like, 20 grand in ticket sales, like some ridiculous wow. number for a minor league baseball team. I had no idea. I did it. I just <laughs> It just happened. Uh, and the owner in the gym company says, all right, well, um, you're now our box office manager. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, you're the box office manager now. I said, okay, does it pay? He goes, yep. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll do it then. <laughs> like, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I just took over as a box office manager. Next thing I know, years go by. I just kept going up. And I was getting better at sales, getting better at some of the different things. And now I'm where I am after six years. I'm assistant general manager I run the entire marketing and sales department, and it just kind of happened. It wasn't planned. I didn't even try and do it. It just kind of happened. So when you were living in St. Louis, in St. Louis, we have, well, we used to have the River City Rascals um, in O'Fallon. Was that the first time you heard about the Grizzlies um, when you got that internship, or did you kind of follow them (laughs) before then? Uh, when I was working with 101 ESPN, actually, I had done. We would do. I would be on the promo street team, so I'd go on site and set up basically the uh, on site things like hand out t shirts, stuff like that, concert tickets. Uh, that's the first time I was ever went to the stadium. I didn't know what the hell it was at the time, so mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know where this is. Um, I had done some research and like, oh, it's an independent league, you know, Frontier League. It's one of the longest running independent baseball leagues ever. Um, and then I saw Man versus Food. Uh, you ever seen the show Man vs. Food where he takes on food challenges and stuff like that? Yes. So they were on Man vs. Food the day of my first internship. Oh, Like wow. interview. That interview, I literally got done with the interview, turned on the TV, that was on. And all of a sudden, I just learned all this about the Gateway Grizzlies. And, um, I mean, that's really about it. It was, it was like, I didn't know too much about the Frontier League of the Grizzlies outside of just little snippets and things I'd seen when I was working on 101. But, uh, you know, I know a lot more now, and I'm really glad I took the chance on taking this internship that paid $200 stipend for me to get. I moved to St. Louis, 
just to do that. So it ended up working out. What was the item that he was there for for that challenge for man versus food? It's uh, baseball's best burger. It's a bacon cheeseburger with a bun of a Krispy Kreme donut. Oh man, that sounds. You get good. that thing fresh. It's delicious. <laughs> oh. I think I had a friend who worked for the Grizzlies, um, and he I think he told me about that, and I was like, how? Do, I mean, that just sounds so good. That just sounds it's like a It's really staple. good. I, you can't eat more than one, but it's really good. And I personally, first four years, didn't even try it because it just didn't sound appealing to me. And then one day I was just like, you know what? Why not? And I got one. <laughs> And I split it with one of my customers. I was like, yeah, you want to try this? He's like, the guy said, I'll try it if you try it. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. So we both ate it, and it was just, it's delicious. And it really is. It, I, there's something about the way it just meshes in the heat, and it's just so good. I definitely suggest trying it if we get to open up this year. Would you say that is a marketing tool that you use um, to bring people to the stadium? Oh, yeah. Our food in general is some of the top uh, minor baseball food you're going to get. We spend hours and days and things like that. We, I go to U.S. food shows with our guys in charge of the food and beverage, and we'll spend hours there trying different things, doing different things. They'll give us samples. We'll go back to the stadium. We'll make funny different things and see what works. Uh, we have three items that were in Sports Illustrated top 50 ballpark food items. This was two years ago. We had three different items on that list. Wow. No other organization had more than two. So, and, and you were competing, and it's quality food. It really is quality food. We spend a lot of time doing it, and it's definitely one of the big staples of the selling point that I make to people. And on that list on in Sports <laughs> Illustrated, you're probably with all these like major league stadiums. So oh, yeah. getting that brand awareness is a perfect opportunity for you guys. Uh, we we milk it for all we can. <laughs> <laughs> but why wouldn't we? I mean, no offense, like nobody knows who. Like, I bet you've never heard of uh, Brent Sakurai or Dustin Woodcock. No. Those are, like, our two most prominent players. And, I mean, I'm sorry, nobody's heard of them. And me trying to sell them is going to be tough. But I can sell some of the best ballpark food you're ever going to get. I was growing up as a Rascals fan, so I know that rivalry with the Grizzlies was huge. So, But I got the opportunity to come visit the stadiums, and just the atmosphere at Gateway Grizzlies is, like, amazing for especially that area sure we we it, it is it's almost like a i don't want to say a field of dreams because it's an industrial park kind of, <laughs> but it is in the middle of nowhere and sometimes that is a hurdle we have to climb and saying that we are in the middle of nowhere but at the end of the day it's a very very well put together ballpark it really is i'm not just saying because i'm you know obviously working there the work that was done on that park is ahead of the time for a lot of different minor league facilities I mean, now you get like AAA and AA parks that are big, but we're an independent team. Mm -hmm. So having a park of our quality for an independent team was very revolutionary. Like it was one of the first, in, especially in our league. Now there's teams and other organizations that are getting the AA park, but at the time we were one of the nicer parks, and it still it still works to this day. So talk about um, the Frontier <laughs> League as an organization, and for fans that or listeners that don't know anything about it. How would you sum up the Frontier League? Frontier League is the longest running independent baseball league in the United States. That's number one. That means that there's longevity here. That means that they had smart ownership and smart leadership for a long time. Uh, the skill level of the players is very high. And that's one thing that people don't understand. This isn't just Joe somebody playing on a rec league team a week ago. These are all legitimate baseball players. 
And one thing that's really fun about our league is that there is an age restriction. You can only be a certain age to play in our league. You're not going to see 50-year-old, 56-year-old Jose Canseco coming out there trying to take at bats. We don't do that. This is about developing players to go on to the next level. Our skill level comes from like A to double A. You're getting like 23, 24-year-old guys who still have great skills that major league teams are just like, all right, they're, on, they're the last guys on the cut list in the organization. Uh, Trevor Richards is our most recent story. This kid, I know this guy personally. I know his family. He was quitting baseball. He was going to go work at a beer plant, you know, beer factory and stuff like that. That was legitimately going to happen. Our coach talked him into staying. He's in, uh, I want to say, Philadelphia playing a game. And these scouts were here for two relief pitchers. Not even on our team, on the other team. Rick Trevor happened to be pitching that day. This guy's got a plus changeup. I'm talking major league level changeup. He gets noticed, gets picked up. Within two years, he's starting a professional major league game for the Miami Marlins. Wow. That's what our league's about. It's legit baseball players. It's legit guys who should be in organized um, baseball, should be in affiliated ball, that just had a bad break. Maybe they had an injury. Maybe they just need one mile per hour harder on their fastball on the day that they had a scout out. Things like that. Legit stars. Legit guys who can be in an upper level baseball. And you're getting it for a discounted price. It's really amazing. When I think, when I was going to games, I always saw it as the a family-friendly place. Family mm-hmm. prices, family atmosphere, somewhere you can Affordable just go. family fun. You, yeah. You can just go there and enjoy without paying the heavy prices of a major league stadium. You can sit, you can sit front row for 12 bucks. You can be literally having a chat with the starting pitcher of that game for 12 bucks. And at a major league stadium, you pay $12 just for a concession stand item. Yeah, you're probably going to get a hot dog <laughs> and a tap water for that at a major league stadium, which I will gladly pay. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all, totally different. It's all about the experience that you're going to have. Exactly. We're dinner theater. Yeah. That's how it is. But we're dinner theater with legit professional athletes. Throughout your career at the Gateway Grizzly, what makes it a fun place to come work at? I mean, I'm working for a baseball team. I'm working in sports. I'm doing the thing that every kid dreams to do. As much as it can be a pain in the butt at times, I mean, I don't. I haven't celebrated a 4th of July in like 10 years. I was usually in a money room or doing numbers or something like that, and there's it's an addictive lifestyle you know every day is different every day is exciting every day you're promoting something new for a guy like me who's very very much like go 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 as i always have been in my career and regular real life it's great for me i get to be creative and i get to be professional at the same time it's it's everything i've wanted in a career do i think i'm gonna do it forever no but Right now, I can't think of what else I'd want to do. You're still wanting to be passionate about what you're doing. So each day, you're doing the best you can and keep Mm -hmm. the drive going forward, would you say? Exactly. I'm always thinking about what's next. And that's true in my life, and that's true in the job. Every batter, I'm trying to think. I do a little bit of everything. I go on the radio sometimes. I write out a lot of press releases, and I'll be the MC for promos when I need to be. It's, it's just such a crazy lifestyle, man. It's so much fun. You talked about how you motivate uh, your interns. How, mm-hmm. What manager traits have you learned by being the assistant general manager at the Gateway Grizzlies? Patience. 
Patience is very important. I will admit, I'll be the first to admit that I, when I first became into a management role, I was terrible. I, I'm very much want people to live up to a certain aspect. And I had to learn that my GM, uh, Steve Gommer, was one of the first people ever to tell me, like, look, you have all the skills to be a great leader, but this is what you have to work on. And he told me that I just needed to, un, you know, take my time and be patient and realize people need to learn. You know, you have to give them time to learn and give them time to fail. Allow someone to fail, but sometimes, as much as it sucks and you don't want to, you have to let them fail because they're going to learn from it. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did with me. When I was being a little bit crazy with my interns and kind of wanting more and wanting more and wanting more, he said, look, just let them do what they're doing. If it doesn't go well, tell them what they did wrong then. Sometimes you have to let people to fail for them to learn. And he let me fail to, for me to learn that I can't be micromanaging. I can't be on top of them saying everything everything needs to be on this way because something will fall through the cracks. And it's, it was really cool because I'm still learning. I've been doing, you know, I've been assistant GM for a couple of years now. I've run a sales team for about five years now. And every day I'm learning something. And never be afraid to not try and learn something. Never be afraid to admit that you're making mistakes. Even as the leader, you have to learn. There's always learning. You're never going to know everything. And that's one thing I tell all my interns and all my staff. I said, no matter what, every day you should learn something. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. Every day I want to learn something new. Right now I'm going crazy. So I'm on YouTube doing tutorials on Adobe Illustrator or iMovie stuff or I, you know, Premiere stuff. I'm doing stuff on streaming. I'm trying to figure out how to stream our games more effectively. There's always things to be doing. And it's about whether you have the motivation to do it or not. I think you brought up a great point with how learning. Um, right now, we're at, during a situation we all have to think outside of the box on how we can learn more. And you brought up YouTube. Um, I know I've used LinkedIn Learning as a way to learn more and get familiar with new skills. Was there ever a time where you learned from your staff about something you were doing and you took that and you implemented it the next day? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's so many, because we go through so many interns, so many new people every day. Uh, we have these broadcasters we bring in. There's, kid, uh, there's a couple guys who really made it big. A guy named Sam Levy, a guy named Adam Young. And they teach me every day about how to utilize our media. And that's something that I really have had to get into because it's, it's an ever-revolving door of media personnel that we bring in, obviously, as an independent team. And they've taught me a lot about how to manage media and how to get content together, things like that. I learned that. And then management skills in general, I learned every day from new people, whether it's promo people, whether it's uh, we have a second assistant, Jim, who handles the outside, the way he manages people. I'm Every day, like I said, I'm learning new things and I'm implementing them. When to be hard, when to not be hard, when to post certain things for social media, when not to post certain things for social media. There's so many different things and facets of the game that I have to manage that every day there's something new. Every day I learn something when I'm, especially at work. You talked about social media. How does social media play a big part with the Gateway Grizzlies? I mean, it's our biggest marketing. You know, we can't do commercials. In this St. Louis market with the Cardinals, it's pointless to try and compete with them in any way. Uh, you can do billboards, but let's be real. The you know, ROI on billboards is unpredictable. You can't do anything. Like You don't know. One thing you can track is your social media content and your engagements and your activities and things like that. We work with an organization called Drive Social Media right now to help us with that as well. But everything we do marketing-wise is done through social media. And it's important to me as a marketing kind of assistant GM of 
charge of the marketing and sales is I try and make sure that we have plans for every single one of our uses of social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I'm utilizing LinkedIn right now because most people are on LinkedIn either looking for jobs or getting news stories. Utilizing each one of those a certain way is very important and understanding the algorithms that each one of them brings to light is also important. It's an ever-changing algorithm and it's very tough to stay on top of it, but it's about being interactive and get, allowing your fans to be interactive. And that's what I try and do with everything we do. Videos are very important. Putting out content that says talking to the fans, it makes them feel like they're part of it. Another important facet. I mean, there's so many ways of doing it and it's about being consistent and it's about being on top of the current events as well. Things like that. I think I remember a post that the Grizzlies did where you kind of reached out to some of the players during this time and see what they were up to. And I think it kind of is, you learn a lot from how it's affecting them also and what they're doing to keep that positive mindset uh, during this time. So I think the way you guys reach out to the players and how they interact through video is a great marketing tool that benefits cool. um, over time. Well, I'm glad you like that because I actually post, put those videos together myself. <laughs> I appreciate that you like that. Yeah, that's uh, Connor Owings and Matt Brown. Matt Brown's a local kid. Connor Owings' brother, Chris Owings, who's a major league player, very talented player. So those guys, I mean, they're. you think that you and I are going crazy in this <laughs> uh, in this lockdown? It's These guys are going nuts. <laughs> and I wish I could get a hold of more of them, but a lot of them are not. You know, a lot of them are from other countries. A lot of them are in non-contact. Yeah, you know, it's really hard to get contact with a lot of these guys. So it's kind of a pain. You know, I'm trying to get a hold of more of them and post more videos like that. It's just not as easy as most people would think. Yeah. For someone who's going into the sports industry, what tips or advice would you give them to get to their goal <laughs> that they want to reach? Never hold yourself to one thing. You know what I mean? Learn as much as possible as an intern or as a new hire. Be open to selling, be open to marketing, be open to promo, be open to field work. Learn how to make the baseball's best burger. Learn how to use the grill. Learn food costs. Learn social media algorithms. Learn how to use Microsoft, you know, Excel. Be, don't be afraid to do grunt work. I clean toilets. I've cleaned out sanitation things many times. I've sprayed down trash cans. I've done all of these things. I've put in mascot suits if you truly want to work in sports you have to work your way up and the best way to get noticed is to work hard you have to work hard and you have to be willing to work hard and what's you know a story i always go to when my interns come in there's two of them well one time i went into a mascot suit and got attacked by a dog my one of my first days that's not a very good story it's actually kind of sad because it hurt but the second one i go to is it was the second week of my internship one of the uh, full-time staffers walks up to me and says, James, we need 200 trivia questions. And I said, oh, okay, it's simple enough. I'll type it out. And so he's like, no, we need each one of them on an individual note card written down. And we need them by the end of the day. So I write out, you know, look up, write out, and they got to be fun. They got to be kind of associated with the Cardinals, all this. So I write out 200 individual note cards with trivia questions and the answers on the back. Now, I have a hand injury from when I was playing baseball. I got uh, broke my hand like four different times. So writing is a pain in the butt for me. I can't do it very well. Typing is, is about all I can do, but I had to write these. <clears throat> I write out all these things. It takes me like four hours, and it's monotonous work. And I walk, hold them up. I bring them to the guy who asked me to do He's like, oh, never mind. We actually found a, an app that ha- had all everything we needed. 
and he just throws them all away. But you know what? He was so shocked that I actually got that done that from then on, whenever something he needed, he would come to me because he knew that I would get it done. And I got all the best positions. I got all the best things to do. I didn't have to spend my time spinning the wheel at the promo uh, table anymore. You know, I got everything I wanted. I got, he noticed my effort and I got to do it. So as much as it sucked, it ended up paying off for me at the end. Definitely the hard work is an important (laughs) trait for someone to use. I know from my experience being an intern for the Rascals, learning everything was important to me because it helps with your skills and developing new skills. And I wanted to show that I'm able to help in any area. And your experience with writing those note cards, it made an impact in the other people that you worked for that it benefited you over time. Exactly. It stuck in your, their mind because I was willing to do that. I didn't complain. I didn't say ask any questions. I said, all right, I'll get it done. While it never got used, it had an impact. I mean, if the Grizzlies asked for 200 questions, you know you can do it quickly for them. Yeah. Well, I would never do that for somebody, but, uh, but I always, to this day, I wonder whether, and I've never asked this guy of it, and he works for the Cardinals, the big Cardinals now, his name uh, Nick Zamora, great guy. Um, I never asked him, like, if he was just messing with me or not. And I still to this day think he was just messing with me. I don't think he expected me to actually do it, <laughs> but I did it. Well, if so. he was messing with you, you proved him wrong. <laughs> exactly. So what is your future plans in sports in your career? What, where do you see you going next? Or do you see yourself with the Grizzlies? Or do you want to eventually make it to the majors? I have no interest in working for a major league team. I worked, you know, worked for Springfield Cardinals. I did stuff for the Blues last year. I've, I've helped a lot of people get to that position. I want to work more for the state or the local levels. Like I said, my dream job right now would be to work for like the St. Louis Sports Commission. Um, I would be more interested in working maybe for like the MLS team and being a part of what their marketing and sales plans just because it's new and I'd love to bring it up, but I want to be a part of something of building something as much as I like the Cardinals. I'm a fan and I'm a, you know, I went, I'm a big fan of Duke basketball. I'm a big fan of established organizations. The idea of building something to me is much more exciting. The idea, I almost went to work for the XFL. Uh, I got an offer, but decided not to do it just because I had just bought a house and the instability of the XFL, blah, 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 all that. But I want to build something. And I think MLS and St. Louis is a great, great mix. Great together. It's going to work so well. And then the idea of the Sports Commission, bringing in fun, exciting sports activities to the city that's just hungry for more and more and more. It would be so fun. Or uh, maybe working somewhere on the government level. I think that I have the knowledge in you know, the skill set to do that. So is sports in my future? I mean, it's always going to be in my future in some way, but as a career, I don't know if that's what I have in the future because as crazy as it is, and when I was a kid, I never thought this. I don't know if that's what I want to do forever. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. I'm still pretty young, so I'm hoping I can figure that out. Like you said, MLS, I feel, is going to do great in St. Louis. People have been wanting it uh, with the St. Louis FC team is mm-hmm. rising and the fans are growing. When you were talk- looking at that opportunity with the XFL, knowing the situation that's happened right now, were you thinking about taking that risk or you knew that I have to look at what's best for me and financially and for your family? 
If I hadn't gotten married in September and bought a house, I would be working for the XFL right now. And I'd be part of their layoffs. I would be. Because, like I said, I'm driven by the idea that this is new and this hasn't worked. Can we make this work? That drives me. That excites me. I love what I do. and But a new challenge to me is very exciting. The idea of that. And I thought the XFL, I think, this, like I said, the city's hungry for more. So coming out and working with this football team that I knew was going to be successful. I knew it. Like, they were successful. It wasn't the St. Battlehawks that was the problem. It was the organization in total that was the problem. So, like I said, I'd be working for them right now if it wasn't for the fact that I had to look for for my future and my life and what I wanted to do. I was smart enough to understand that one bad thing, who can predict a pandemic? You can't. Correct. But one yeah. bad situation was going to end that league, and I knew that. And at the end of the day, I made the right choice, but, you know, Part of my head is always like, oh, what if I did go? You know, what would that have, what would that, what would that have done for my career? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Were you able to go to an XFL game? Yeah, I went to the first game. Actually, I went to the first two games uh, that are in St. Louis. Uh, it was great. Um, I don't know if you saw the pinata of Cronky. Uh, oh, yeah. I got destroyed. <laughs> I'm actually, there's a picture of me on an ESPN article. It's me with the pinata. It's me and my guys from my college. From college, or we got the pinata together. Had a huge tailgate, and it's kind of funny because I was like, you know, they took a couple quotes from our group. So it was pretty cool. I went to one, and just the atmosphere was amazing. Like I've been to Rams games, but this was just something different, and mm-hmm. just everybody was excited about it. And you see all these groups, and mm-hmm. they're just passionate about it. So. Yeah. Hopefully. They're passionate about their city. Yeah. And the city and the sport. That's what it is. And this has always been a very passionate city, and we're going to always be that way. So something we do to end on this podcast is we look back at the interview that we just had. What are motivational messages you would give to a listener based on your experience? Um, let's see. I mean, I've kind of said them a few times, but I'll go over it again. Never be afraid to take on something new. Learn every single day. The more you learn, the more successful you're going to be. And that's really my biggest, that's the biggest thing I want people to take away from this. And that's the biggest thing I want my interns always take away from it. Always want to want more. There's nothing wrong with wanting more. And the way you can get more is to work hard and to learn. You know, don't be afraid of working hard. Just don't. It's, it's great. (laughs) Don't be afraid of new challenges. The more challenges you take on, the more the more you're going to learn, the more successful you're going to be. Definitely. It's almost like showing show a potential growth in someone and take on those challenges. Never be afraid to fail is what I have written here when you came in that letter. I said, don't let people tell you what you are. Work towards what you want to be. Never be afraid to fail. Yep. I failed so many times, and it hasn't stopped me yet. And like you said, if you don't fail, then you didn't try hard enough or you didn't t- – try something taking those new challenges if you're not going to try what's the point yeah you're not going to want to be more what's the point of anything you're doing yep let's be real well thank you james for talking your story and giving a lot of people that um showing your experience and how you challenged yourself to get to where you are and i appreciate your rise to the challenge yeah thanks for having me on here Um, it it was fun
Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to get the latest episodes. If you have a rise to the challenge, let me know what you're going through so we can see what you've been able to conquer in your life. Have a great day, everyone. And remember, everyone can rise to the challenge.